Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, is shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. There we go. Uh, And joined today by Greg and Sean. Greg can be found on most platforms at Masterson's Wax. But if you're on TikTok, best way to get him there, Masterson's Car Care. Or you can give him a shout direct, too. His number is 562-335-2053. Uh, Sean, like you said before, you know, for any detailers that are out in his area, I'll, I'll say that number again, 562-335-2053. Greg is still taking applications. Uh, yeah, still he's waiting. got a lot of cash. Nope. So. Uh, Patiently Sean, waiting for a detailer. <laughs> yeah. Sean can be found on most platforms at Orbis X Inc., right? You got to yep, put the IMC at the end. Uh, yep. Best way to get in touch direct, though, is shoot Sean an email, Sean at OrbisInc.com, right? Or OrbisX.com. OrbisX, my bad, my bad. Yeah, OrbisX.com. Yeah. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get that one right to eventually. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> asked great. earlier uh, how I was doing. Appreciate that. Um, I'm probably at about 90 plus percent. I'm getting there. I, I still get tired towards the end of the afternoon. But I was sure. able to this past weekend go out and enjoy some beers for the first time in a while. So that Ooh. was good. So today I'm going to be drinking. I didn't get to drink one of my favorite beers is Franzenskanner. It's a Hefeweizen okay. from Germany. I, I, that's just always been one of my favorite beers to drink. So there's this cool little bar that I like to go to. I took my girlfriend out. We we're going to have this great day. Uh, they were out. They couldn't tap the K. I was like, oh, damn no. it. So <laughs> I'm going to have a Weiss beer today. This is from Watercolors. And... Uh, it's a, it's a mix of a bunch of different fruity stuff. So it should be interesting. Blackberries, blueberries, cheesecakes. Um, you're into rum. What, yeah. uh, what's your favorite rum? So it varies because uh, I like a few, but uh, one of my favorites is Eldorado, but the eight year, uh, not the five. Uh, the five just, it's not as smooth. Uh, but today it's uh, Appleton Estates. I uh, got the premium blend one. So uh, that's yeah. a Caribbean, right? Appleton Estates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Most, most of the ones I like the Eldorado one, I think. Jeez, if I'm not mistaken, that one actually might be from Puerto Rico, come to think about it. But uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes to get bottled different places. But uh, there's a few good ones out of Barbados that I like. Um, and then there's some some local ones, like when we used to live in the Caribbean uh, that we used to drink there. Uh, but uh, some of them were <laughs> not for the lighthearted, let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah. and we had this stuff under the counter that had uh, centipedes in it and stuff like that. Those were for, <laughs> uh, you know, those rough days. <laughs> Greg, yeah. besides mojitos, I think you like mojitos. Uh, any other time you drink uh, rum? You know, daiquiris. Daiquiris are great. I love c- rum-based cocktails. Amazing. Uh, I like Cruzon rum, actually, right now. Cruzon rum. Really good. Okay, Delicious. Okay. Yeah, I'll have nice. to try it. I, I think I've yeah, seen it, right? Well. Tall, clear bottle or something, right? Is that, different, is that right? Yeah, different colors, different colors. I feel like all the bottles are tall. Yeah. <laughs> True. Except that Appleton Estates, that one's that smaller and it's kind of, or the Pirate, do you guys ever drink Pirate Rum? That comes in that P-Y-R-A-T or something, it comes in a real small one. Okay, that one's But you're right, Greg, I think most people like to draw it out to make it seem really big and (laughs) 
There's one that's really good too. It's called Kraken. It's uh, named after this the the octopus, but the, well, the mythological octopus. Um, but uh, that one, it's it's a little bit higher percentage, but it's 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 nice. Me, I, I drink it always just with ice. But uh, you know, if you if you're looking to mix something, that's that's a decent one. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's dive into what we want to talk about today because, sure. uh, Greg, I know we're on a time crunch. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your internet gets back up. But if we're streaming from your from your phone, uh, appreciate you doing that. And, uh, we'll get right to it so we can hop off as soon as we can for you. We, we talked last week about some interesting topics and I, I wanted to jump back into a couple of those and dive a little bit further in over the next couple episodes. So we can all dive into with a bit more discussion. And, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about is how, right. The industry is continuing to, um, evolve. It's continuing to grow. But there is, Greg, you and I have talked about it in the past, there's a massive influx of new detailers. And that's over the past six months to even, you know, in the groups this past weekend and, and week. I mean, I'm just seeing nonstop questions about, hey, I'm a new detailer, how do I this? Hey, I'm a new detailer, how do I that? Like, there's a lot of new detailers going into the industry. And so from that perspective, um, I want to to ask a couple of questions beforehand and get your guys different views because you know they want to know about associations you know it, would you recommend a, an early young detailer go into an association greg you know i would recommend that an early young detailer literally go out there and watch every single video on youtube either that or maybe pay for some great training. And there's a lot of great training out there. You can either go the, I'm going to watch all the videos on YouTube, or I'm going to go with some training. To be honest, I think you should use both. They're both great uh, aspects. But one of the things I think that's great for detailers is it's not really the detailing side. It's the actual running of the business side. And a lot of the detailers that are getting into this and they say, hey, I want to run a business. They really got to focus on those basic those basic business skills, like setting up their business. I actually had a, a detailer walked into my showroom the other day and was saying, I'm getting into detailing. I got some jobs to go on. And I asked him, cool, man, you got a business card? No business card. You got a website? No website. Why are you even no detailing? Business. No business. No business. <laughs> yeah, no business. So I feel like it's these basic skills and these basic setups of business that a lot of detailers need to focus on instead of which coding should I use? Because in, in my retrospect, the coding or the product is very little. It's the sales, how you sell the product out there. Yeah, great point. Um, so was that a yes or no on the association? I'm gonna go with, I'm, I'm gonna go with no. I feel like, the, to be honest, the only association out there right now is the International Detailers Association. And to be honest, it's garbage. Uh, it's a uh, it's i have not seen any growth from the association i haven't even seen any great posts from the association any great videos in a long time and if you really want to hang out with guys that are you know older in the industry go over there but if you want to hang out with younger guys that are moving fast making great stuff they're all on tiktok they're all on facebook they're all on um instagram all right sean what about you do you think young guys should go in and join associations uh, well, I think that the biggest thing they should do is exactly like Greg says, go out and work. Uh, that's that's the number one thing. Set up the business processes, go out and work. And I think it would be a hard no on my end for the association side. The main reason is that this is an industry with a very low fatality rate. And what I mean by that is they're, they're not installing electrical wires in someone's house, things like that. There's not really any damage they could do aside to someone's vehicle, but that's where insurance comes in. 
Um, I think really just, just get out there and, and start to work. You don't have to be accredited for any kind of, you know, association or something like that instantly. Cause I don't think the customers, especially in the beginning are going to be looking for that. Um, I don't think that someone's going to base their decision off of, you know, well, are you with this association or that association? So I just don't see the value add uh, for, for a startup business. Uh, that could be something that maybe comes down the road if they wanted to entertain that. But for my opinion, I would say no. All right. Uh, what about uh, trainings going? And I know, Greg, you mentioned this and go getting some trainings. What about a group? You know, a lot of times and you go to these trainings and you get forced into paying for their group. Is Do you think that's a valuable thing for a young detailer to do? Give me an example on the paying for the group. Um, well, the first one that comes to mind would be like the mafia. Um, oh, you know. okay. Yeah. Or, you know what? You know, I know bad, there's bad, bad decision, bad decision. And, and I'll explain, this is a really good one. I actually went in and I do a lot of, I visit a lot of detail supply stores. Okay. And I, I sell Masterson's car care detailing products. That's my sale. I'm going there to supply these detailing shops with product. I walked into a detailing shop and I asked, Hey, you know, I gave my spiel, I gave my pitch. You want to uh, become a Masterson's car care distributor. And the store owner told me this. Um, well, I, I got it. I got to check with my group. And I said, what do you mean you got to check with it? Well, I got to see if I can sell this in my store because I'm a member of the detail mafia and I got to run everything through them. And I was like, is this your business or is this the detail mafia's business? Who's the business owner here? I was actually talking to the business owner. Are you letting other people make decisions for your business or are you making decisions for your business? And that's a really big question that I find on that. And that's also an issue with when you're getting involved with these groups, who's running your business? Is the group running your business or are you running your business? Because I guarantee you, the group is gonna keep their businesses in mind and they're not gonna keep your business in mind. So I recommend focus on your own business, focus on growing your own customers. Yeah, and there's there's other groups than just the mafia. That's just the biggest, I think, that that popped in my mind, right? Um, mm -hmm. Shauna, you know, you run a group that comes with Right. I think if, if they join and, and use your service and you have a group. Right. Um, so how do, how do you take other groups where people have to go in and get a training and then they get to join a group? How, how do you take it? Sure. So I I'm never a fan of like forced training kind of things and, and restrictions on what your business can and can't do. Uh, I understand, you know, if you're part of a franchise, for example, you're going to have a franchise agreement. You pay royalties back to head office, things like that. Uh, but that also means that head office is there a lot to support you with advertising dollars and things like that. Uh, so if you're not getting that mutual benefit, uh, really it's, it's a one-way relationship and it's, it's, a, you know, there's too much, too much give and not enough take. Uh, so I, I'm not a huge fan of those kinds of group scenarios. I think that, uh, you know, people like to belong somewhere. So that's why they're, you know, drawn to these groups. Uh, but when it comes to your business, if it's something that is going to impact your, your bottom line, your revenue, your potential growth, uh, as, a, as a business owner, you have to be able to be open to, you know, different products, trying new products, uh, different partnerships, things like that. And a lot of these groups can be restricting in, in those aspects. Um, so I think that if it's something where you're locked in and you're, you know, the more restrictions you have, the more wary you should be of joining those kind of groups. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're not talking Facebook groups, right? Which you no, mentioned no, a second ago, Greg, like most of your young detailers should be on TikTok or I guess getting information because this is the interesting part, I think, as being an older, quote unquote, older detailer um, and even talking with, you know, detailers in their 30s, Facebook groups 
have a different perspective than if you're in your young 20s. The amount of questions that they ask is really is, is mind-boggling, which is, is interesting. Um, why should somebody be a member? I know you have a Facebook group. Um, why should young detailers be involved with that? You know, um, young detailers should be involved in a, a community or hey, a community. Facebook group. Yes, that's <laughs> community, right? It's because you're getting great information from other detailers. And part about these groups on Facebook is knowing and understanding how to weed out the good information from the bad information. And there's going to be bad information out there. There's going to be people that are going to tell you spray bug off on your headlights to clean it instead of using a, a real you know, professional technique to restore headlights. There's all this different information out there, but you have to join the right group and gain the right amount of information. That's why there's great groups out there like the detailers of Facebook group. There's a lot of professionals in there as opposed, there's, uh, as opposed to a group on Facebook, like there's a group called Detailing 101 by AutoGeek. It's a very big group, but half of the people in there don't know what they're talking about. So you might ask a question and you might actually get some wrong answers which may hurt your business. So you really got to, you know, take the understanding of who you're learning from, where you're getting the information from. Sean, your thoughts on Facebook groups. So I'm of the same school of thought and I, I'm a huge information consumer. Uh, I read several books a week. I, I just, I love information and training in all its forms. Um, I see a lot of the questions that get out there. I see the same, you know, repetitive questions and I do see the same repetitive bad answers, I would say. Uh, so I think, I think, yeah, definitely becoming, you know, information savvy as to, you know, what good information is, bad information. Don't be afraid to ask questions, but just make sure that be prepared that you're going to get some people leading you in the wrong direction, not intentionally, uh, but just, I think that the groups can add value, uh, depending the larger they get, uh, the more kind of diluted uh, the value becomes at times. Uh, but I do think that there is some value there. And if you can, you know, find some people that you've liked their answers before it worked for you try and, you know, like their comments, things like that. And those group algorithms will, you know, it'll show up more for you. So you'll get more of the good information. Okay. Uh, but on that note, the one thing I would say too, is be careful too, with some of the groups, because there is a lot of censorship going on uh, as well. And so that can, that can actually lead you down a path where it sounds like this is good and relevant information because it's the only information you're being presented with. Um, so, and I know all of us have been uh, victims of that. So <laughs> Uh, Greg's never been kicked out of detailing for money ever. Never, I know, right? Never, yeah. never, never this never. week. <laughs> but this is never this week. <laughs> this is Not this that's Tuesday. a great that is a great uh, piece of information about the censoring because it's how I feel like it is on Facebook right now. It's that um, a company may start a group, and then in that group, it's pushed on the specific products that they're supposed to use. And then you can, de they're deleting all the other information that comes out. It's very common and it's very easily seen. But for somebody that comes into the group, they don't see the other information. They're only seeing the information that's being bumped to the top. So it is picky choosy where you do see the information. That's why I tell everybody, you really got to make up your own decision and, and try different products and make up what works for you. Yeah, yesterday, for example, I got uh, some of my comments blocked. I was helping a guy out with, uh, he was doing PPF and tinting. He was looking for a plotter. And in this one group, someone was trying to recommend a specific brand of plotter. And I was guiding the guy down. And I said, listen, I have both of those brands. And I said, it depends what you're doing. The guy actually does tinting as well. So he needed the other plotter, like what we have, 
because it'll do both uh, with memory settings, whereas the one butter didn't. And I had to actually go message him privately later to finish the convo because I couldn't reply to his comments anymore. And it it happens. And it's like, geez, you know, I was just trying to help someone out genuinely with their business. And then, uh, you know, that individual is pushing a particular brand. So what can you do? Yeah, and I don't sell thing. I don't sell plotters. There's nothing in it for me. <laughs> yeah. One thing, Marty, I'll touch base on is, you know what a lot of uh, younger detailers need to work on? They need to work on picking up the phone. The, the younger details right now, they're struggling with picking up the phone and they're struggling with their people skills, interacting with people. Uh, I usually tell, um, actually, I got a comment. Somebody was asking some detailing questions. They were in depth. They were too in depth to be able to answer over a little comment box. And I said, pick up the phone, give us a call. I posted our 1-800 number. It's a free number and they could call, ask for me direct. And um, the person commented, Hey, is there any way like we can answer this over email or text? Because I don't like talking over the phone. Well, guess what? If you don't like talking over call. the phone, you, you need to close your business yeah. and you need to not be in business because the reason you can't talk on the phone is because the people skills are not, are not uh, evolved or they're not developed enough. And so people that are working in detailing, they need to work on these people skills. If your people skills suck, go join a, an organization like Toastmasters. Google it. It's a free organization. Go there, learn how to evolve your speaking skills, your closing skills. That's something I really think is a great value, uh, Marty, in this industry, those type of organizations. Yeah. Great point. Great point. So let's get into one thing we talked about last week, which was interesting. Uh, Both of you are proponents of waxing. Sean, you said that you wax out of your shop. Greg, there's no doubt that over the years you're known, and especially last week, we talked heavily about it. You're a big proponent of waxing. Now, it's interesting, right? My, my pushback or my theory, I have yet to carry a wax. I've yet to put on a wax in probably, geez, seven or eight years. Like As my progression through, when we got into the car wash world and we, were, we had a detail shop with a wash, I mean, I was pushing everybody into sealants. I just felt that you got a better protection for it. And we would do a polish with the seal as coatings came out. I've pushed for that one, two, three. So I'm just wanting to say that openly in case you didn't know, like I haven't ever really dealt with waxes in a long time. So I'm really curious of why you would recommend and we'll stay in that ballpark of that young detailer getting in why they should put on a wax or move a wax or sell a wax to a customer if maybe like a silica spray or a, a one-year coating or a sealant is available, um, why you would recommend that, Greg? You know, from a business standpoint, and since we're talking on a business standpoint on this one, young detailer getting into business, what they need to understand, and this is a big thing, is that they need to offer their customers some choices, good, better, best. And you can't get to the best without having better or good. There's no way, because then what is your one choice? That's a tough choice, right? The one choice. For a detailer that's starting out in selling, it's more efficient for them to have more choices because they can build up from there. A lot of these detailers struggle because they think that there's only one option and it's a coding and it's $2,500. And if the customer doesn't want to spend the $2,500, then it's either $0 for the uh, business or $2,500 for the business. It's like one or the other. There's no in-betweens. 
And you gotta give the customer some in-betweens, some other types of choices that may help them go for that. And I feel like wax is a great starting point because customers understand it, they're familiar with it. Hey, we offer wax as our service. You want an upsell, an upgrade, we got you an upgrade. And then we have you another upgrade. And the reason I tell detailers to start with the wax is it gives you those practice for the upselling. And upselling is one of the most important ways to grow your business, to upsell your customers. And that's a great way to practice. Where do you upsell, Marty, when you're already at the ceramic? Do you upsell to something? I don't know. I've never heard of it. New car. New car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Drake, nicely sense. done, man. I, I like that. To answer your question, I mean, that's why we would do, you know, slick as that six month. Then we go uno at a one year, two year, three year. And listen, we say this all the time in community is everybody has different ways of running their business, which is what we love about open dialogue and having difference of opinion. So uh, I really appreciate that. That's a great suggestion. You know, good, better, best. Listen, you find that through any menu system, right? Of a successful business. You look at car washing, which I mentioned earlier, owning a car wash. That's what we did, right? Here's your minimal. Here's your mid and here's your best. Uh, one interesting formula, um, I were one of my partners was David Davis, who basically his role was VP of uh, operations that ran cricket communications nationally before they sold out to AT&T. And his deal, what we always push, and this is just to, to play off of what you're saying, is we would always push with the high first. He always said, you sell up by selling down that you start as high as you can when you're selling the process and then you move the customer down and they'll get to where they want. And he was just saying statistically from what he saw, if you start selling at the bottom, they'll only go up so far. But if you start at the top, you'll get them to a higher ticket price. That was his theory. That was just the way he operated. So it, it, good, better, best is definitely great options. Um, great points on that. So thanks so much for sharing it. Uh, Sean. Your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. So us, we do something similar too, because we focus a lot on upsells. I think that's that's definitely where the business is. Uh, we we take the convenience store approach. You know, the milk is basically a lost leader. The bread gets you in the door and then you're spending, you know, like we're making, you know, 80% margins on chocolate bars, things like that. We take that kind <laughs> of approach as well. Um, so for us, what we usually do is we'll give something away like that. And it's easy to gift something like that. And we always ask them something. We call them up and we say, hey, how was your visit? And did you notice we did this for you? How did you like it? And so we always lead with that question. And then we try and book them in for that same thing next time, or we use that as our upsell pivot. Uh, it's kind of, we call it the trampoline method, but basically we're trying to get someone to jump from one trampoline to the next. And each time they're going progressively higher. Uh, so I, I do like what you're saying though, we're going from the top down. And I think I'm going to get my guys to try that out. Uh, we usually do split testing. So I'll get one you know, one bay to go and, okay, this is what you guys are doing. Start at the top tier, work your way down and then see how the results are compared to the other guys. Um, but, but yeah, wax, that's one of the reasons we like it is, uh, you know, there's not really any errors that you can make. Um, you know, we have products that we use for that, that we've used for a long time. And it's really just a familiarity that people have with it uh, in our zone, especially um, ceramic. We, we spend a ton of time explaining to people what it is, how it works, you know, coming back, reloads, maintenance, the different products. They, ju they just have so many questions. Um, and we haven't really found a way to make the warranty mean something to them. Because um, that's a, a big thing in the, the industry is, you know, it's that, oh, well, it comes with warranties. 
a lot of the people we've pitched it to, they say, well, I don't care if it's 10 years, I'm getting rid of my car in two years. So I don't care. You know, and we say, oh, well, it has resale value. And they're like, well, not really. Like when they've bought a car, you know, they were looking at the things that made their decision and a warranty for ceramic wasn't one of the, fa- the factors. So listen, you, you made Greg and I real happy there because that's some stuff that him and I have really agreed <laughs> and chopped it up on is, is what is the okay. validity of all that? So Greg, I mean, what did you think? Like, I, I know you point and you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about giving the customer what gives them value. And sometimes these things that are being pushed on, on the uh, customer isn't the value. And a lot of times new detailers, they think they have to do all of these services to make the customer happy. In reality, they just need to do the basics to make the customer happy. The basics will make them happy. I'll give you a great example about going too far. Some nice people just go too far when detailing. There was a post this morning on uh, the detailing from money group on Facebook, and they were detailing a brand new, it was like 2020 or 2021 Rolls Royce. And the it was a black Rolls Royce. It was all black and it had a black chrome grill. Well, they, the guy's shop had a new detailer, one of his new guys working on it and said, go ahead and polish the chrome. To polish the chrome, he should have just taken a towel and some basic wax, just basic wax and shine the chrome. Instead, he took a heavy abrasive and a microfiber polishing pad on a machine and went to town on this chrome. He ended up turning the black chrome into silver chrome. And it the mistake was an $11,000 mistake. Just because to replace the grill was going to cost $11,000. All the guy had to do was just use some wax. But because he's watching all these videos online telling him, you got to do these eight-step polishes on the chrome. You got to buy these other pads. You got to bust out the machine. And in reality, all you need to do is take just a little bit of wax, rub it on, buff it off. It would have shined and came out great. Sometimes you just got to keep it simple instead of going too complex on these jobs, I believe. Good call. Good call. All right, let's close out. Let's close out with this question. Um, and, And keeping in that mindset of a young detailer that's just opening up and getting rolling, you know, no doubt, Greg, you had mentioned that one of the most popular questions is how much do I charge? The other big question that we see all the time how do I get customers? You know, uh, what is, and we want to just ask Sean your opinion and then Greg's opinion, because I, I think these will be a little bit different because I think Greg and I, we've talked heavily on face-to-face, how to go out and hold car sell. I'm probably perspective that you're going to go with something technology wise, but would like to pick both of your brains on how you think that the first thing to do, if I'm a young detailer just wanting to open up, maybe I'm, here's, here's the other big one that's massive is I'm working part-time or I'm full-time job and then I'm detailing on the side. We have plenty in the community that, um, that that's what they do. They might have a full-time job and then they just detail cars on the weekend. Um, any of that perspective of those, that type of crew, Sean, I'll start with you first. How do you think somebody should go out and get customers? Sure thing. So getting customers can be difficult, but it's also a lot easier than you think too, because all you have to do is go outside. That's, that's the first thing I would recommend to somebody is that you are your biggest asset and you want to detail cars. Well, the cars are outside. Cars are in people's driveways. Cars are in parking lots. Cars are, you know, all over the place. So 
a lot of people, they want the easy way. They say, oh, I want to sit at home. I want to just, you know, for some reason, my, my inbox is going to get full with emails and I just reply to people. It's, it's not going to work like that unless you're going to spend a lot of money on Google ads, Facebook ads, YouTube. And then you also have to know what you're doing with those ads. So technology wise, that can come later, I would say, in the beginning. What you want to do is go find people. Um, my biggest recommendation anytime a new guy starting out asks me is I say, avoid your family and friends. Do not detail their cars at all. Number one, they're not going to want to pay you. They're not going to give you honest feedback. You're going to learn almost nothing from that experience. And you're just scared. You got to take the leap. What I always recommend is start with businesses around you. Look for places where vehicles are going to be sitting for a period of time. So that's what we did. There's a barbershop near us. Perfect. Guys are coming in. They're getting their hair and their beard done. While they're sitting there, we told them, we said, listen, you can upsell this. We'll make the pamphlets. We'll print them, drop them off. You just give them to the guys when they come in. Hey, by the way, you're going to be here for an hour. We could have a guy come and, you know, clean your car. We went, we pick up their vehicle, bring it down to our shop, clean it. It gets returned clean. The guy walks away happy. Everybody wins. Go to community boards, grocery stores. There's cork boards. Put up those things where you, community, <laughs> where you, you pull out the phone number. So we did all those things. We, I, I went around to every library in our city when we first started. And I put up on cork boards, those things where you pull the numbers off. We got a ton of business from that started getting traction. When you deal with a customer, ask them on the spot when they're done. Can I get the names of three people that, you know, you think would like this service as well and, and push them on it, press them for it. Say, you know, I, you, you had a good experience, a great experience. This would really help me out and I can give you something back in return. I'm just going to call them. And now you're calling a guy and you say, Hey Joe, I got your number from Brian. He told me to give you a call. We just detailed his Yukon. You know, it's a very different sales process. So there's lots of ways you just got to think outside the box. I, I wrote about all this for free. It's in an ebook. If anyone's interested, message Marty. I'll send it to you for free. Um, but there's a lot of ways. I'll message doing... you, man. I don't want, I don't, I'm not going to be the middleman here. <laughs> That's fair why enough, we put enough. your email out of the first. Like, hey, they can message you direct. All good. Good point. Fair enough. So, so send me a message, Sean at Orbisx. Just say your email again since I butchered it. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Sean at Orbisx.ca. It's Sean, S H A W N, spelled the right way. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the other Sean's, but uh, so, so there's lots of ways like that to get, to get customers. It's a little easier than you think. And then just basically think outside the box with some guerrilla marketing. That's not going to cost you a lot. Or if you do have a budget, cause some of these startups, they actually do have some, some advertising money, start small, start with, you know, like Facebook boosted posts. Uh, don't get into Google maybe right away, or maybe get into Google and not Facebook, but there's, there's ways of doing it, but that's what I'd recommend is just get out there, make some phone calls, go see local businesses, uh, put yourself out there. Greg, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked, really. I, I was not expecting that at all. Uh, you're right. Guerrilla <laughs> marketing at its finest. Great points. I would say that's, that's where Greg and I really uh, agree yeah. on. Uh, I thought this would be a me and Greg <laughs> discussing, uh, how, you know, your use of technology. That's really where I thought you were going to go. So oh, I love uh, technology, but it's boots on the ground. That's, uh, you know, I own seven companies and that's how we built them technology was there to help support the whole systems that we built, but it was never there to be the driving force. Cool. Um, Greg, uh, your, your thoughts, uh, if, you know, your first thing that you're going to do, I know you and I have talked about this multiple times. Um, feel free to beat a dead horse and, you know, hit us with your suggestion of, you know, getting out there and, and launching a business and getting customers, whether I'm, you know, full-time job during the week and just during the weekend or, you know, somebody that's trying to hop in full-time. You know, uh, we'll go both, the, the, the pricing and the marketing. 
And the technology, I'll, I'll, I'll run out with the technology first. So the technology, I know Sean, you thought Sean was gonna talk about technology. Technology is great, but what the people gotta understand is that all these tools, the technology, they're just tools for us. You know what the phone is? Great technology. Email, great technology. Okay, um, Facebook, Instagram, great technology. But there's still gotta be somebody there. We talked about this last time. There's still gotta be somebody there to run things. And it's like, I'll give you a good example of the phone. The phone is probably the greatest sales technology that we've ever had. It's much even better, I believe, than the than the internet. You could get, you could just pick up the phone. And if you know what you're doing, you could get a hold of the owner of a company just by calling and, and, and saying the right things, you could get on the phone with the owner of a company, a decision maker. You can't do that via email. Somebody's going to look at it and trash, right? But uh, uh, the phone's so powerful, but somebody still has to be there operating the phone. Good example of where the phone's gone bad, robo messages. Robo messages uh, yeah. are out there calling everybody. And you know what we do? We hang up the phone. Bye, robo. Hang up the yeah. phone, right? But it was great technology, great technology. They got the phone and the phone numbers and the dialing down. They just need somebody to say real life action, a real life closer, okay? Technology doesn't go too far on that. But um, detailers got to utilize these technology. So uh, utilizing it, great, but you got you to do guerrilla marketing. You got to still get out there and, and call people. You still got to go out there and email people. You still got to go out there and make videos and make content and even just get out there face-to-face. -face. And the money-wise, how much money should we charge? This is like the number one question right now out there. How much money should I charge, right? The reason people are asking how much money they should charge is because they've never run any business at all. And they don't know their year goal, how much they want money they wanna make in a year. And, and if they don't really realize how much money they wanna make in a year, they gotta shrink it down. How much money do I wanna make in a day? Oh, I wanna make, $150 in a day, cool. Break it down like that. That's your pricing. It's super easy to run that like that. Okay. hundred. I want to make $120 a day. Then I'm going to do six car washes for 20 bucks. Boom. I did it. Let's do that again the next day. It's that key that they have to know. They have to know how much money they want to make total to get the jobs going done because eventually you'll figure out how to do your job better. And that $120 a day you'll make in one job. If you just know how to set your goal properly. Oh, I, agree I like 100%. it. I like it. Thank you guys both for, uh, for the answers. Great information for the community. Um, you know, we definitely, this community. is what we love. Open dialogue, open opinions. If somebody has a disagreement with the opinions, cool. Let's, let's hop in and let's have a discussion. You know, anybody's welcome to come in and have an open dialogue. I think Greg, you and I would always, you know, welcome that. We've had some great times where people have come in and had open dialogue discussions. So thank you guys for both of your opinions and for, uh, for what you guys are doing for the community. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you very much. You have a great day. All right, see, see you guys next time. Much for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that. You know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, Greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.